Welcome to Jersey Arts, the podcast. I'm Susan Wollner. Once in a very great while, an enduring new holiday tradition is created. In 1961, the great poet Langston Hughes made his lasting contribution to the season with a gospel-inspired song play known as Black Nativity. It was one of the first productions by an African-American playwright to appear on Broadway. This year, you can see Black Nativity at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank. It's directed by veteran actor and director Daryl Lawrence Willis of the Dunbar Repertory Company, based in Monmouth County, New Jersey. He's here with me today. Daryl, can you start by giving me a short description of Black Nativity by Langston Hughes? Uh, yes. Um, basically, it's a very short script. It's in, in length. The script is only about uh, 40 pages, and it's broken into two acts. Uh, the first act is entitled uh, The Child is Born, and the second act is entitled The Word is Spread. And um, uh, basically, the uh, first act, for the most part, um, is set in, um, in Bethlehem. And then the second act, uh, pretty much however you decide to design the production, you can kind of do it, you know, kind of like any way you want to. So he left a lot of room for creativity as far as the second act is concerned. Um, basically, what we're going to do, we're going to take the second act and put it in a, a uh, uh, present-day uh, Black Baptist gospel church service. Does a sense of Langston Hughes as a poet come through in the production? Uh, yes, it does, because there are um, uh, several, uh, there is a uh, narrator uh, in the uh, production, and that narrator, uh, when he speaks, it's very, very uh, poetic. And you can either have a ma- uh, male or actor or an actress do it, uh, male, female, and the poetry, uh, you know, definitely comes through um, when you hear the narrator speak. And the narrator is both in the first act and uh, also appears in the second act. And then um, there is even some comic relief in the first act where you have four shepherds. And uh, this year we're doing it with uh, four women. It's usually done with four men or a combination, but we're going to do it with four women. And we put it in a uh, semi uh, rap style in order for them to uh, make this piece happen. And there's poetry uh, uh, in this piece, the way he's put it together. And then lastly, in the second act, there's an uh, elder. And a lot of the uh, beauty and poetry of uh, Langston Hughes and his, his pen and his language uh, comes through and what the elder has to say uh, from a biblical, personal, and spiritual standpoint. What do you think has made this such a special holiday tradition? And, and do you also, do you feel like there was a special need for it or a desire for it back in the 60s? Um, Yes, I, you know, when I look through it and um, and I look at uh, the body of work that he's put out, um, what I've come up with is that I think uh, then as well as now, um, he just felt there was a need. He looked up and he saw there was a uh, uh, Christmas uh, Christmas Carol, uh, there's the Nutcracker, um, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, uh, a Mall and the Night Visitors and a few other, uh, you know, uh, Christmas pieces that are pretty much, uh, you know, generally done, um, you know, throughout America. And I think he looked and saw that there wasn't a piece that maybe specifically spoke to to black folk. And um, I think he started out to do that. And he was able 
what the story is about. It speaks to all people. And um, we hadn't done the production in about seven years. And uh, basically how it has come about is by people calling, calling um, relentlessly um, uh, to myself saying, you know, uh, you need to bring it back, you need to bring it back. And so about a year ago, um, I've been on the Count Basie board for like the last seven years, and um, I approached, approached um, uh, Numa uh, Faislin, uh, the Count Basie CEO, and he was aware of the production in other major cities, Boston, Dallas, Philadelphia, and he thought it'd be a good idea if we indeed did decide to uh, bring it forward and um, you know try to build it up over the next uh, couple of years. And that is what we've done, and that's where we find ourselves right now. What's your favorite part of the production? Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, there's a, uh, there are a couple of songs in the piece, and uh, the cast teases me because uh, there's a piece. You, you, you always you pick out a song uh, um, that I like, and I kind of harp on that one particular song. This is a song called Rockin' Jerusalem. And... Um, and it's very, very upbeat, and it gives everybody uh, in the chorus, the sopranos as well as the altos and the tenors, a chance to do their thing. And so I get quite animated when I hear it, and they know that I feel that that's the showstopper, uh, and at least for me anyway. Uh, but there are a lot of great songs, and, um, and basically overall the entire production, but I do like that particular number. So uh, you said that the second act is going to be set in the present day in a black Baptist church. Yes. Um, I, I understand there's a lot of gospel in this in this play. Yes. Yes, you know, and that's the beautiful uh, thing about it because you can, um, you know, each year you get a different cast. We have a cast that totals about 40. But what you do, you look about and you see, um, uh, you know, you always get a, you know, obviously a, a group of, of good voices. And um, you look around, sometimes you get a couple of tenors, a couple of uh, sopranos that are really sharp or a couple of altos or whatever. And basically what you can do is you can, you can tailor the show uh, to fit the talent that's available. And that's pretty much uh, what we've been able to do is, you know, tailor the show to the talent that we have available, um, even some small children uh, to sing a uh, young lady that sings, a uh, drummer boy, and we have a 12-year-old drummer. You said that you almost, there was almost a campaign to bring it back to New Jersey. What is it that makes people want to see it? I think that uh, the combination, you know, it's like a, it is a musical. There is a, a, a dance, we have eight dancers also, and there is a dance sequence. And I think uh, what happens is if you do it the first year, um, uh, people are happy, uh, you know, that the fact that it's coming back and that we're going to do it. The thing with us, because we had done it four or five years in a row prior to, uh, you know, not having done it in, uh, in, in a, a while, is the fact that each year people know it's going to be different. So they come back and um, uh, they try to see, you know, from year to year uh, what, if you, you know, what new songs you're using, if you do a new dance sequence, if you change who's playing the narrator, who's playing uh, the elder, and... Um, you know, you obviously can involve a lot of children in the production, so it changes every year. And so I think uh, people come to see the changes in the show, knowing that they already know the story. They're coming to see how it's going to be told this year. And I think in addition to that, um, what happens with Black Nativity, I think it becomes the meeting place. During the holiday season, uh, you can maybe get around, you get around to as much family and close friends as possible, but a lot of times you miss a lot of people 
uh, during the holiday period, and you don't get, necessarily get to see everybody at the mall or the malls. And so uh, it becomes a meeting place, if nothing else. People use Black Nativity as a place where you can go see the show. Uh, a, the entire running time of the show is about 90 minutes, so that leaves time after the show, uh, you know, post-show, to um, you know, to basically you know, fellowship and, and, and say hello and hug and kiss, you know, long-lost uh, you know, friends, and just to um, you know, greet the cast and um, you know, all of the you know, post-show things that normally happen. So I think it becomes a tradition in that sense. You're the director of the Dunbar Repertory Company. What is your theater company's mission? Basically, um, our mission always has been, um, since 1987, has basically been to um, take a look at uh, the classic um, you know, plays in the African-American canon and to try to you know, bring those, those pieces uh, forward so that people uh, you know, uh, get a chance uh, to see those pieces, know that they're available. Um, I mean, in the past we've done, I think, We've done for color girls about uh, six or seven times. Uh, we toured uh, the meeting by uh, Jeff Stetson. Um, we've done Raising in the Sun pre- previously, uh, so we've tried to do. Uh, we've done four or five uh, August Wilson plays. So we've tried to do, um, you know, a number of the classics, a number of the newer pieces, and we've also done about four or five uh, new plays and tried to, you know, bring them forward. And we've tried to mix uh, mix things up so. We've always had a mixture of uh, dramas, uh, comedies, and musicals. Well, thank you so much, Daryl Lawrence Willis, for joining me today. And have a very good holiday season, and I hope the production goes well. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for having me. Black Nativity can be seen at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank on December 30th. To buy tickets, visit CountBasieTheater.org. For more information on everything happening in the arts this holiday season, Visit jerseyarts.com. I'm Susan Wolner. Thanks for listening. Jersey Arts, the podcast, is a production of State of the Arts. Watch it on NJN1 Thursday nights at 8 and on NJN2 at 5 and 11 p.m. every day. Individual stories can be seen anytime on njn.net. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts is proud to co-produce State of the Arts the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support was provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable.